0: Get it, girl. get it. Woo. There's something loose between my legs. I'm out of the office.
1: Bowsery, it's James. I'm hanging here like a cow. Radio check. Loud and
0: clear. Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu Greenwood, and I'm joined, as always, by Tom King. Hello. And by Chris Evans. Hello, remember me? The wanderer returns. <laughs> How you doing, Chris? You're you're all right back from I'm, I'm very good. Yeah, well, I was gonna say well rested, but I'm not. I'm horribly jet lagged. <laughs> um, um, I, I I just learned that you're not supposed to take a sip of your drink while uh, you're supposed <laughs> to be hosting a podcast. Um, uh, not a lot of uh, massive news in Formula One this week. Um, it's been a pretty quiet week, I'd say. Uh, we've got a few bits sort of that we've uh, gathered to talk about, and, but the first thing we're going to talk about is the Formula E race um, in Sanya, China, this weekend just passed. Um, it was a it was a bit of a another another good race. I wouldn't say it was as great as some of the other races we've had this season, but it certainly wasn't a bad race, was it? No, I'd say from uh, did either of you guys manage to catch it while it was on? No, I only saw highlights. I watched it as live, pretty much, so I, yeah. I, I watched it the next day on iPlayer. You may be able to
1: agree with me on this then, which is, like you say, it wasn't necessarily the best race this season, mainly because it was a little slow to get in. It's around the midway point, I think, things started yeah. coming alive, but still entertaining up to that point and still definitely worth a watch if Yeah, you not yeah. dipped into Formula E yet. Definitely give it a go, seriously.
0: Mm. Um, So early doors, um, Sam Bird qualified 16th from the lead of the championship. Um, He qualified 16th and he was out almost before, I think it was before the end of the first lap. Um, Van Dorn, it might be in the second lap, Van Dorn went into the back of him um yeah it was because the safety car came out and or or it was it was a safety car a full course yellow and they all slammed on the anchors at at once and it sort of took him by took the guys further back by surprise a little bit um and yeah they just they were in the wrong place at the wrong time for the location where everyone slowed down because it was in right by the hairpin and yeah he just got shunted from behind and had his drivetrain ruined um yeah he almost got pincered because he went into the back of whoever was in front of him. I yeah he who it did. Was yeah, yeah. So Van der went into the back of him, and I think it was it was, oh, it was one of the Neo cars that he went into. But I, I, I yeah, I know think which. so. Um, but yeah, not a lot happened. Yeah, you're right. Not a lot happened for about 20 minutes. Roland was staunchly defending his lead. Um, yeah, against Johnnie Um Just and- just speaking of Roland being in the lead,
2: and obviously he was on pole. Like, was qualifying wet or like disrupted or anything? No.
1: Mm-hmm. Qualifying was actually really interesting. I found I watched because I, I was, I was still on like watching Melbourne time. <laughs> so I was like, I was up and I was watching qualifying because I woke up at like five a.m. or whatever it was, <laughs> and that was when it started. I was like, this is a perfect coincidence. I've woken up and FE qualifying is starting. I will watch it. <laughs> that's ideal. That's that's super impressive from Roland. Then yeah, it was it was a really good lap to be honest. Um, it, it was. Helped, I guess, a little bit because a couple of guys didn't manage to run in the super pole shootout, where the top six go head to head again for the um, for the actual pole position. So there were only four guys did a lap out of six because of different problems. Um, it was I want to say it was Vern binned it into a wall in super pole, and Sims didn't get to run, so finished sixth. Uh, okay. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was an interesting thing. Sam Bird was down the back and complaining. It was about being in the first group that goes out because of yeah. how they go out in groups. Um,
0: because but... the track had not rubbed in or anything. on that, that, yeah, that, that. They've never raced at this particular track before, have they? This is the first time they've been to Sanya. Because yeah, it was in Beijing last time.
1: Yeah, the thing is, though, two of the other guys in Super Bowl were from his group, so I don't know how valid that is. I think he's just... Not racing drivers' excuses. No. Yeah, it is. It is exactly that. I think, unfortunately, mm. but,
2: yeah, they all like to complain about being in the first qualifying group, oh, except yeah. when they're not in the first qualifying group, and then they're <laughs> absolutely fine with it.
0: It's it's a weird. I, I, yeah, I, I think they need to change the qualifying format myself in Formula Three. I don't. I don't really like this um, sort of knockout kind of format that they're using. I think it's they should just do the. I know. I know they're trying to differentiate themselves, but the Formula One qualifying format is by far the best one. I think
1: the one of the only reasons for doing it in the groups is to kind of make sure everybody gets at least a half-decent attempt at a clean lap rather than them all being on track at once. I think that's the main reason for it but the way that they decide the groups if I remember correctly is championship order so if you're in that top 5 or 6 of the last race or the championship standings that's why you end up in group 1 so you're hindered by being in the lead is I know it used to be a works. random
2: draw for the groups but I don't know if they've changed it since then yeah
1: I'm pretty sure that if you're higher in the championship now you're in group 1 because I, I distinctly remember a comment of the guys in the last group struggling to get anywhere near the top six and somebody saying these are the guys down the bottom end of the championship and you can see that in the fact that they're not really pushing the top six times to get into Super Bowl yeah so I think that might have been tweaked okay interesting
0: Mm, that's interesting um so with qualifying over (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) um yeah so not a lot happened for 20 minutes or so that roland was defending there was a bit of a train forming behind him by the time um jeff eventually snatched the lead taking it by surprise again into the hairpin um in a move that he had set up like laps in advance he was breaking way way sooner and then he Caught him off guard by breaking super super late, and yeah, he pinched the position, which is an amazing bit of racecraft to plan that move that far in advance. Yeah, over over a period of laps. Yeah, that's that's really impressive. Um, So Roland fell back into the clutches of the uh, of the other guys and had to defend even harder to to keep second Mm. place. And then it just went crazy. Like people were smashing into each other side to side. Um, Alexander Sims, I think it was, eventually um, got got sort of nudged into the wall in a bit of a racing yeah, incident. Yeah. I think it was. With He's had people. terrible luck this season, actually. Yeah, he has. Um, and yeah, he had to park it on the the long back straight and um, caused a red flag, which meant the race was stopped. Um, after the restart, they continued to run nose to tail. Degrassi was taken out by Freins um, as Freins was defending against Boemi. Sorry, Freins locked up and then shunted right into the back of Degrassi, who'd overtaken him like a lap before. Yeah, yeah. So. Degrassi wasn't happy about that. I'm
1: still not 100% sure if Freins didn't get a nudge, you know, from Boemi behind him.
2: I've read things sort of suggesting that as well because yeah it
1: looks like it to me from watching it live
2: yeah the way he yeah. just slammed into like there's there's braking late and there's braking too late like if if Degrassi wasn't there he wouldn't have made the corner so
0: yeah <clears throat> I think yeah there's a good chance there's something else at play there yeah it's, it's possible but um what that meant was um the race ended under full course yellow because Degrassi decided to get out of his car um if it's <laughs> yeah st- fun fact if he'd stayed in the car it wouldn't have been a full course yellow but as soon as a driver in formula e gets out of the car then that's an immediate full course yellow apparently yep. i guess street circuits and that yeah yeah
1: i'm very intrigued to know if the way that the cars were ordered at the time was of any benefit to him because obviously he he lost a significant number of points and the the grasp at the top so I'm wondering if there was any significance in getting out of the car and ensuring it finished as it was and not letting someone like De Costa get past Roland or something like that. Because mm. De Costa's the one that's up there now at the top of the table. Maybe. I mean... So it Degrassi's... kind of stops him getting any further away is what I'm thinking. Yeah, Just true. Being cynical about it. Degrasse is like down in fifth. Yeah, but he wasn't if he did if he'd not retired, he wouldn't have been. He'd have been either second or third with Dambrosio and Da Costa. He'd have been right on he lost eight points, I think. So if he'd have got those eight points, he'd have been on like sixty points with Dambrosio on sixty one and De Costa on sixty two. So by strategically getting out of the car <laughs> well, and stopping I'd, stopping, I'd any more stopping any more overtakes, that stops da Costa getting any further away from him. I know it's very cynical to suggest that's what he's done, but race drivers, guys.
2: (laughs) Degrassi is the sort of man who, yeah, Yeah. knows every trick in the book. Uh, Well, that's a very cynical outlook. (laughs) You've got got some. Speaking of Degrassi, um, did you see the little Twitter spat he had with Robin Frains after the race? Oh, no. Oh, not a Twitter spat. (laughs) Um, So Degrassi tweeted, like, he was moaning about penalties, basically, and how they're not fair that, like, I won't bore you with the whole thing but he finished by saying Friends gets nothing by moving under breaking to which Robin Freins replied how can you say that I moved under breaking when you can't even spell my name right <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
0: that is yes. proper handbags very good <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> that a <laughs> lot that's funny well I will say that the overtake Degrassi did do on Freins was very heavy handed like he basically tried to yeah. run him into the wall and he keeps doing yeah. that Degrassi he keeps on sort of you know doing these like really really dirty overtakes and and sort of elbows out kind of i know like formula e racing is like quite elbows out and quite kind of yeah crashy <laughs> i guess but if you yeah. compare
2: like, that to jev's overtake for the lead which yes he was all locked yeah. up but he
0: didn't hit he, anyone or anything in the process yeah. it was fair and square wasn't it yeah yeah, and it, it's like, its I don't know, it, it kind of makes me feel like, can you remember when Verstappen um, in Abu Dhabi gave Ocon a little nudge just to yeah. show him who's boss? It feels like he's like that. It's like, I'm a in charge. Bit, this yeah. is my racetrack. Get yeah. out of my way. And it's just not the right attitude, is it? But, no. Um, yeah. So anyway, the race ended under a full course yellow, um, as we said. And uh, Jeff took the win uh, with Roland clinging on to second and the third. Actually, after the the. The, the sort of yellow flag saved Roland, I think, a little bit, uh, yeah, because yeah. he was in serious power save mode for like the whole race. Yeah. Um. So with DaCosta third, he takes, as we said, he takes the lead, a narrow lead in the championship on sixty two points. There's only ten points between the top six. It's um, crazy but, close, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and this is we're like the more or less at the halfway point of the season now. Yeah, Bird drops to fourth on fifty four points from the lead of the championship after his retirement. It's a big drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, yeah, as I say, that's now we've had six races. There's been six different drivers on pole, six different
0: winners from six different teams. Yep,
1: well, like, to, to that to is a competitive that series.
0: That is a proper yeah. competitive series, isn't it? That reminds me of uh, Formula One in 2012 when we had yes. like seven yeah. and seven. It was, was seven it? there, wasn't it? I wonder if I can beat yeah, the yeah. seven when and we can seven, beat that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. That's a good storyline for the next race. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. So, just as a as a sort of overall comment on the on Formula E. There are like, I am noticing there's, there is a lot more argy bargy in Formula E lately, and this particular race did have some very yeah. poor driving standards in it. I thought just <laughs> with like people going into the back, there was a lot of people going into the back of people, and that's the kind of thing you see on like online racing in Crans, yeah, like when you're racing <laughs> against muggles. <laughs> you know, like, muggles. <laughs> so,
2: so, so, I think it's um, I think it's kind of the. One of the only downsides of the new cars and the new format is that because there's no um, pit stops anymore, like moves have to be made on track. So th- there's like mm. a little more desperation, I guess, to uh, to overtakes. Like, yes, the attack mode adds some strategy, but it doesn't, it's the sort of strategy that still means you've got to physically overtake someone, not the kind where you can come out the yeah, pits ahead of them. But that's a good thing, though, isn't it? That's what you want. You want to see overtakes well, yeah. done on track. Yeah, overtakes in the pit lane are the most boring thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. There's, they're well, they're not really overtakes, are they? They're just no. position changes, really. Which is what boggles my mind when you see people campaigning for refueling to come back to Formula One. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Let's not go down
0: that path. Let's, let's not know, go down that route at all. <laughs> um, yeah, um, another another interesting thing about this this race was Degrassi failed twice to activate attack mode. As well, he went through <laughs> oh, the attack oh, mode um, centers and failed. He like he overcooked it into the braking zone. Yeah trying to keep trying to uh keep keep momentum and yeah just missed the missed the loop to uh <laughs> that activate is it. no good yeah I can't he's done that missed it twice it's twice the in a row he did it thing, yeah, yeah. I, it was at least twice it could have been more than that it showed you in missing it twice. Well, and they spoke well yeah we saw twice,
1: twice. <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, and what's his name the uh the team principal um, scottish bloke really good endurance racer uh, Alan McNish. Alan McNish, there it is. Thank I knew you, it had an yes. N in it. I knew it had an N in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Alan McNish's face was just a picture. It was just like head in hands, like could not believe he missed <laughs> it twice. Um, yeah, a lot of the drivers have been sort of like, because obviously it's in, the attack mode thing is in a different position at every race. Yeah. So it's, makes it, it's a good thing because it makes it difficult for them to strategize with it and they can't just plan like the perfect race around it they have to yeah, adjust just sure. on the fly which is a good thing but um yeah they it just show it's just an extra variable isn't it it's a good i like it it's a good thing yeah i like it like, a lot they yeah. have to have to factor it in and it's possible to fail they're not you know you have to go through it in the appropriate way Hmm. or you don't get the thing. You're not, you're not by default yeah. going to get it just because you've gone around a slower racing line. You have to get it through that particular section of track. Yeah, the, I really what, like that.
1: One thing that I found sort of interesting about it was, you know, in the same way that when we get uh, safety cars or virtual safety cars in Formula 1, you see people kind of gambling on using that that time saved in a pit stop to, to go for a tire change and maybe alter strategy. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of that this weekend just gone in the Formula E because you had people using the um, attack zone behind the safety car to get none of the actual power benefit, but because they've got to do it twice, it just scrubbed one of those off because this they still had two left. And it yeah. was a strategic taking of that because it's like – Right, nobody can overtake us while we go through it because we're behind safety car mm. and it scrubs one of the two required trips through it off our list and we can take the other one during yeah. racing after the car's yeah. gone. Safety yeah, car's so,
0: gone. so you lo- Yeah, you're not going to lose an advantage by having to yeah. take it. Yeah yeah.
1: And it's it's a uh, obviously you lose the advantage of getting it the extra little power boost but you're behind the safety car yeah. anyway so
0: and everyone does it at the it's... same time behind the safety car anyway. Anyone who's yeah, got it usually. is going to use it at that point depending so... on where you are in the race. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a cool thing. Uh, what what I found particularly interesting about it just one last thing on it was the, the the fact that they all took it under the safety car and then the red flags came out while they still had it activated. And I I did wonder if they were gonna sort of, because they were under the safety car and because they'd already taken it and they had not had any effect on the race. I wondered whether they'd reinstate it for the yeah, race yeah, restart. Yeah. But I guess that'd be very difficult to do, right? Because yeah, it
1: would be. I think they they stated during the race coverage live that it, once it's gone, it's kind of been taken yeah, once and it's gone, the, it's the, gone. the red the red flag yeah. kind of null and voids it. Like if you took it, managed the lap, and then the race was rad, red flagged, then You've lost the rest of the time with it yeah, because it's, it's gone. Just yeah, null and yeah. void. Um So, and one thing that I was found interesting is they're allowed to work on the cars under red flag. They are allowed. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah. Because they got rid of that in F one, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they were changing nose cones and stuff for the people that had knocks. Uh, so, uh, I guess on
2: the street series
1: you
0: kind of need any opportunity yeah, you can probably. to figure it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's, there's one little uh, inbox thing on, on Formula E um, Massa, Dan Sinnott says Massa seems a lot slower than his teammate do you think he'll still be driving next season in Formula E? Uh, he's definitely having a rough season compared to Morata who's his teammate he is. Yeah. Which, team, which team is Massa on?
2: Uh, Venturi
1: yeah, it's Venturi. And to put it in perspective, um I said Murata then it's Motari, I said it wrong. Yeah, but Motara, He's yeah. he's got to win a third and a fourth of in terms of significant finishes. And he's where is he in the championship? He's sixth right now in the championship in that sort of ten point gap.
0: Yeah, he's ten points back from the championship leader. Yeah. Um yeah. in sixth place. Uh yeah, where's Massa? Massa's like way down in 15th. 15th, oh, yeah. fifteen. Fifteen. Only fifteen points. Yeah. Um, yeah you know i mean he's, he's, he's a rookie let's not forget he's a rookie to this series yeah. so he needs time to sort of to adjust to it um mm-hmm. it's it's a lot different from formula one it's very elbows out like it's just a case of, and and he got a bit unlucky in the first race of the season as well he had a bit of um uh that he had a power thing there was a, yeah too much power or something like that and they they did him for that oh didn't yeah. he get
2: like three or four penalties added on at the
0: end or something yeah, something crazy. Like, he, he
2: got yeah, absolutely so, winced for penalties. I don't think just looking at the results tells the whole story. Um, true. And, he's, I mean, he started off with 17th, 18th and in retirement, and the next three races he scored points. So that's... Yeah, the trajectory you know, is upwards, so... It's in the right direction, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. Give th- him time, man. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll still have a, a few seasons in him. And, he's like, he's not in the best car. I mean, although Mortara got a win, that was under slightly odd circumstances. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think you I will think be around for a few years yet.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right. That's Formula E, folks. That's all that. Um, we'll move on to Formula One. Um, IndyCars were... <laughs> I'll move on to Formula One by saying Indy cars. <laughs> <laughs> Um They were at Kota, uh the that's Circuit of the Americas for, um, for the cool kids. Uh, and they were more than 18 seconds slower than a... Formula 1 car, then the Mercedes. I think it was last year's Mercedes, the video one of you it, guys showed me. Yeah, it was the... I think it was Lewis's... Was I think it was a
1: pole lap from Lewis, which I assume have been last year's. I yeah.
0: Think. So, for anyone wondering what's quicker, a Formula 1 car or an Indy car, there's your answer. <laughs> a Formula <laughs> 1 car is <laughs> 18 seconds a lap faster at, at, the, at a proper racetrack, not an oval, than, um, yeah. than an Indy car. Um, I'm sure an Indy car in do you reckon you could make a formula one car go faster than an indycar around a mm. oval um, I, think, a good... I think you could It'd
1: probably depend on which f1 aero package you went with wouldn't it because obviously the teams mm. run different packages for for different benefits so you would need one of those that's designed more for those high speed corners i guess yeah yeah
0: and the other thing is the suspension on an Indy car is way different from a formula one car yeah, well. yeah you'd need to do a lot of tweaks
2: and yeah. then even once you did get it running, it would probably go faster for about three laps until the Pirellis just
0: fell to pieces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I, I happen to know that they set up the cars softer on the outside. than, uh, Sorry, softer yeah. on the inside than they do on the outside because the forces are such that you, they, they have a really... W- the back rear suspension is slightly different from the entire rest of the suspension of the car, the, like uh, on the right-hand side. Yeah, because they that's always what's go taking in the all same the punishment. Direction. That's what's taking all the hammer, yeah, yeah. Um, so that probably explains why it's so much slower on a regular yeah. circuit than yeah, <laughs> than a Formula One car. But yeah, I thought I just wanted to mention it because it's like an interesting kind of take. If you well, we should link the video as well on on our um, Facebook yeah, definitely page yeah, and and on Twitter so that everyone can see it.
2: Did you also see the track limits that were being discussed over that race? No, I didn't. I don't know if you remember it wasn't so much last year, but I think the year before in before F1, it was, yeah. the penultimate corner, mm-hmm. the left-hander, and people were running wide there quite a bit and getting kind of warnings and stuff. And I think people were getting qualifying laps deleted for running yes, wide on I that do penultimate remember. corner. IndyCar, basically every lap, they were just taking the run off like it was part of the track. Like They basically didn't go on the inside of the kerb for that entire corner. They were just <laughs> all running wide, lap after lap. Just in fact, um want. Felix Rosenquist got taken out of the race because I think he'd kind of gone side-by-side side with someone and tried to get back on the track because they were just running into the runoff. Um, and in the process, he clipped the front of someone who was on the inside of him and got speared into the wall
1: because
2: they were racing on a bit of track that wasn't actually a track. It was bizarre, oh but they just they basically just said, nah, we don't care. Everyone's doing the same thing. We'll just let yeah. it happen.
0: Uh, you know what? I guess, I, I mean, if they're all doing it, it's the rules are the same for everyone. <laughs> I like, mean, yeah. It's not like the track's gonna change shape or anything, is it? As if they're still <laughs> exactly. using the same line, then why not? Like,
1: <laughs> just like Mario Kart, where certain routes open up at a certain time yeah, yes. yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's a fun fact. That thanks, Chris. <laughs> um, Mick Schumacher. The Schumacher name is about to return to Formula One. Um, Mick Schumacher is going to drive a Formula One car in the Bahrain test. Is that the Ferrari he's going to drive? I believe
1: he's both the Ferrari and the Alpha. He's doing a bit in both. Yes, it is.
0: Oh, wow. One day in Ferrari, a second day in Alpha. What a lucky, lucky guy to drive two Formula One cars in one day. Lucky boy. That is very exciting. Not even actual Formula One drivers get to drive two different Formula One cars (laughs) in a day. That's (laughs) amazing. Um, yeah, it's quite exciting to see the Schumacher name coming back to Formula One. It is, yeah. High expectations on his shoulders, I'm sure, especially if he's driving the Ferrari. Yes, it'd be um, interesting what times he can manage against um, some of the other rookies that are going to be testing. Yeah, I, I do
2: worry that there too much is being put on him too soon because of his name. But um, mm. as we've said in the past, like he he does have the goods. Like, yes, his name has probably helped him a bit, but you don't win um
0: the F3 championship, because of your surname. You don't, yeah. you said that, and the other championship you don't win because of your surname is the Formula 2 championship, nice. which starts Segway. this weekend. Yes, oh, <laughs> it was a great one until you said Segway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that starts this weekend. And um, Chris has a list of drivers that he's uh, looking out for. I think we've all got a, one or two drivers that we've got our eye on. Yeah, um, it's a
2: really impressive looking grid of drivers this year. Like I mean it always is in Formula Two, but this year in particular there's a, a lot of very
0: interesting talent there, I think. Yeah. Mm. So who's your who's your standout um driver for this season? Uh Tom, you can go first.
1: Oh wow. Pressure or what? <laughs> Pressure. Uh, hmm. I think I'm probably I'm I'm torn between Nick DeFries and Sergio Sete Camera at the moment. The two mm. of them have got a lot of experience at this kind of level. And Nick DeFries had a fairly half-decent year last year, other than the fact that he was um, kind of caught up behind that whole battle that was Russell and Lando and yeah. uh, everyone else that was that's since graduated to F1. So if he can take advantage of all those above him moving on t- to the next level, <laughs> could be a good year for him, I think, possibly.
0: Yeah. And we've got a few Brits in the... Uh... In the lineup this year as well, I think there's what one, two, three, three Brits for, three for our as British far as fans. I know it, yeah, I can think of yeah. three anyway: um, Callum Islet, Jordan King, and Jack Aitken. Yeah, yeah, each racing four different teams. Um, did you know that um, the Chara's team is now a junior Sauber team?
2: Yes, ah, that that makes sense because Callum Eilert is going to be doing. Um, I think it's the young driver test after the Spanish Grand Prix for Alfa Romeo. So ah. that makes a lot of sense. There you um, go,
0: Chris. Who's who, uh, who, who are you keeping your eye on this season? In Formula I'm going to I'm going to cheat and have
2: two because do it do it because I am um, Anton Hubert, who is the reigning GP3 champion. Yeah. Um, he's part of the Renault Young Driver Program, um, and he's very highly rated. It has been for a lot of his career. Um, unfortunately. He's um he's driving for BWT Arden. Um if they're painted up the same as the um nearly said Force India racing points. <laughs> racing points, um, yeah. which sadly from testing form appears to be one of the slower teams. So I don't think we can expect him to be getting back-to-back championships or anything like that, but he's a very highly rated driver. I think he's gonna be interesting to watch. Oh. Um and then his teammate is uh Tatiana Calderon, who you may know as um Alfa Romeo's test driver, and she was with Sauber for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. um, who is going to become the first woman to drive in F2 or uh, GP2 as it was before. And I think this is – like a lot of people have always – what the opportunities she's got and the results that she's got don't necessarily match up on paper. Um, So I think this might be a bit of a make or break year for her. Um, She's against probably one of the stronger teammates she's ever had, so it's going to be interesting to see how she – yeah, she stacks How up. How she holds up. I mean, like, Frederick Vasseur is a guy that doesn't take many prisoners, and the fact that he's kept her around at Sober slash Alpha for three years now, he must think she's up to
0: scratch. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's obviously, there's the obvious um, candidates to keep your eye on. So obviously Mick Schumacher is going to be driving for Prima Racing. Yes. Yeah. Um, potential rookie of the year maybe even you know could even win the championship in his first season if he plays his cards right just like uh George Russell yeah um if George Russell can do it then you know there's <laughs> yeah. not, nothing against George Russell but with a name like Schumacher like <laughs> the expectation surely has to be that he'll win the championship right I think it probably is yeah mm. uh
2: it's gonna be tough it's gonna be a tough year I think but
1: uh, it's, it's a good grid overall. To be fair, there's there's a lot of people worth keeping an eye on. Um, that there's obviously names that stand out, but yeah, you've got like mazipan's uh, decent mazipan. Do you mean yeah, mazipan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: can't remember how you say it. Mazapan. I've always said Mazapan. Yeah. Yeah. Nikita <laughs> mazipan. Um, yes, he's yeah. the the Russian driver in the number three car for ART Grand Prix.
1: Yeah. I think he was last year in gp3 i think he mm. did He did well anyway regardless yeah
0: so yeah cool so yeah that's th- those are our ones to watch has anyone got anything else to add to that
2: another name um that's uh popping up in f2 this year is there uh, louis delatraz um yes. another another son of four <laughs> formula one driver who we <laughs> mentioned way more than you'd expect us to yeah. <laughs> and as you know lacy as well actually there's a lot of uh Sons of F one drivers in it again.
0: Yeah, well yeah, like Schumacher, Delatraz, lazy um There's
2: a Fittipaldi knocking around in somewhere, not in F two,
0: but knocking nice. around somewhere in so the Yeah, yeah. They're all sort of starting to come through, aren't they? All those legendary driver yeah. sort of yeah. you know, sons, daughters, um grandsons, cousins, <laughs> <laughs> uncles, aunties, yeah. So that's Formula Two for next season um the the, the race Bahrain, you'll remember bahrain was the race where uh charles leclerc did the amazing job of doing a one stop in the uh in the what's it in the sprint race sprint race pit yeah. stop and just absolutely schooled everyone else on the track and bahrain was does like generate the... good races
2: for f2 cars it really does yeah that was very much leclerc being like okay i'm here everyone pay attention yeah. like that yeah, was yeah yeah
0: mighty there, it was that like sort of head like that standout moment that breakthrough moment for him wasn't it it really it was, was yeah but like, his stock went up so high when he did that the first person to do it and then for the rest of the season they were all doing pit stops during uh during uh, sprint races as well as a result of his yeah his team's decision to to make that move it's had it just rippled through the entire paddock for the entire season which is fascinating to me yeah it really is. Yeah. Um, to have the you know to have the strength of will to do it and to have the drive with the ability to to get ahead of everyone even though, <laughs> even with a pit stop it's just insane yeah. like it's, if you, if you ever get a chance just go back on the internet and try and find that race and watch it it's a cracking race yeah it's the Bahrain
2: F two race it'll 2016? be
0: 17, 17, 17 yeah. yeah seventeen yeah um yeah so that that is the F two we're finished on F two. <laughs> You know, even <laughs> though i now. keep saying it we are finally finishing <laughs> it i'm gonna move on to the preview of the bar we're actually going to talk about actual formula one um it's the bahrain grand Prix. this weekend um this circuit has it's gonna be a 57 lap race uh there are 15 corners although the last one isn't really a corner <laughs> um uh the lap record is held by pedro de la rosa um, it was no. in like 2005, and it's a 131447, which I have no doubt will be absolutely smashed this weekend. Oh, absolutely, Australia! Um, it's a 5.4 kilometer circuit, and the race runs for 308 kilometers—that's 57 laps. So, storylines for this week: um, my sort of storylines are: Will is Will Bottas remain keep his strong form heading into Bahrain, or will you know Hamilton Vettel? verstappen take the fight to him um was it hamilton's floor that slowed him down or was it all bottas was it a little from column a, a little from column b we'll find out this race and then can ferrari can't find the pace that they showed in testing you know they were so much mm. slower in australia mm. I'm, really it, so. yeah, I'm really interested to see so yeah i'm really interested if it was just a blip if they went around down the wrong path in setup, which is starting to look like maybe they did um and yeah how they can bounce back this this weekend um and the other little well, I've got a couple more. The one more was uh Renault coming back at Haas. They had a close race in Australia. Um Ricardo obviously went out really early doors yeah. with his front wing coming off, so we never really got a chance to see his pace in that car no. in, in in a race situation. And um Hulkenberg and Magnussen had a bit of a ding-dong together. Um yeah. they were in a really close fight for sixth. So it'd be interesting to see how those two teams, if they've got a full quota of cars on the track, interact with each other.
2: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Do you know Renault were very disappointed after that race? Like, yeah, they they expected to be. They're very much in that gap between Red Bull and the rest. Yeah,
1: from that as well, I'm kind of glad that that's carried on as is the, the sort of the battle between the two of them, because it wasn't actually until watching um the Netflix doc the drive to survive that I realized how often a Renault and a Haas came together on a circuit last season <laughs> Yo, yeah when they you were watch that documentary it's just like every crash is basically between one of the Renaults and one of the Haas <laughs> pretty much um <laughs> and it happens so much and it was only watching it in that sort of compact environment where it highlights that battle that you realize how often they were coming together um yeah. So. I
0: think that's the thing like that that's the difference that that show has like you do get a sort of microscopic view in mm. from a team rather than because it's very like you know it's very wide ranging when you watch Formula One live on sport and you listen to podcasts and you you know you, you 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 consume media for it you kind of like it's a really broad overview you never really see it from a really really closed perspective of just one yeah. team yeah. or one driver and that's what that documentary is really good for so again another another shameless advert for that um
1: <laughs> i still not
0: watched any i really need to oh I'm you back. gotta oh, watch I it it's it. so Come good on. you've gotta watch it man <laughs> um and yeah finally final sort of storyline is we're, go- we're gonna get a much better indication of how well the cars can follow each other and overtake each other i've got a feeling we're gonna see a lot of overtaking at this race i think so too yeah um, last it's year been we had, a good race the last few years hasn't it yeah, yeah last year we had Hamilton overtaking was it three into one corner three into turn one yes yeah. got about that yeah it was. A, that was one of the moves of the season for me yeah um, what else did we have that race we had we just had some really, the Force Indians had some close races like it was just really really good race last season it was really exciting Um. so at this point I'd like to ask you both to give me a team to watch and a driver to watch please mm starting with Chris this time. We've kind of already said it, but I think
2: Renault, for teams to watch, like they wanted a lot more than they got in Australia. Um, as you say, Australia is always a weird race and they lost Ricardo early doors. So it'll be interesting to see them have a more normal race and see where they really sit.
0: Yeah. Uh, and do you want to give me a driver as well? Um, do I want to give you... I mean, I do... <laughs>
2: There's, there's so many. Like it's it's there are there was there's twenty.
1: <laughs> the, the, resource,
2: yeah, the resource in Australia was just so unexpected. Like I mean Vettel's the obvious choice because he
0: is the one you'd mm. expect to be at the front and he was nowhere last yeah. time out. That's true. Um so we'll we'll go with that for you then, Chris. Yeah. Tom, have you got a team to watch for me?
1: Um I'm interested to see how the Haas does, to be honest. Just because uh, they looked decent in Australia and they've got that. I'll just go the opposite of the Renault Haas fight and go with yeah. Haas. <laughs> I'll go for the other it's, side it's, of it. It's, it's, it's Chris v Tom this weekend. We're basically weekend saying and, watch that watching, <laughs> but midfield yeah, battle. Keep your eye
0: on in. that battle. <laughs> yeah.
2: and the I mean, odds are if you're watching one of those teams, the other one will be very nearby
0: anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's probably you're watching both by default. Um, <laughs> which, who's your driver to watch? Um, hmm. I
1: think... Valtteri, it's like that's that's a good one. Like, just I really want to see how that win affects his confidence because I think he took a bit of a knock last season by having so many races fall away from him early on in the season. And he, if I felt like he never recovered from it, so to start on such a high with such a dominant win in Australia, I, I really want to see how that carries him into this race now where again he had another chance of winning in Bahrain last year so hopefully can make amends for that like he did in Australia Mm.
2: I I meant to say actually to you guys like obviously I was away um when the race happened so I just sort of woke up in the morning and saw the results on my phone and then managed to watch the highlights later but like for a few days afterwards every time I kind of read something or thought about it like I was properly buzzing off the fact that Valtteri won that race like it's yeah from the season he had last year to start like that, he's just—it's so good for him and it's so good
0: for the season ahead. Like such yeah. an exciting result. Yeah, it's, it puts it gives us a good prospect for the. Oh, uh, really for the remainder really of the season, doesn't it? Um, t- uh, team to watch for me—I'm gonna my team to watch. Is actually, gonna be Red Bull this week. I, gotcha. I think if Red Bull are fast here, then yeah, they'll be fast all season. So yeah. it's important that for them to to be sort of up there this race. Yeah, hopefully a good show. will be. Um, and a driver to watch, I think probably Lando Norris is going to be my driver to watch this week um, because he had a cracking race. Um, once he eventually got past Giovinazzi, he had a decent race in Australia for a rookie. He was the best of the rookies, um, and I want to see what that McLaren can do. So mm. yeah, they're they're my uh, they're my two good choices. Nice. And with that, it's time to do some predictions. Does someone want to take the reins while we do predictions?
2: Go on, I will. I've will. i been off for a couple of weeks, so I should probably <laughs> put some work in.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so we'll start with uh, fastest in Q3 before penalties. Uh, last year was a Ferrari front row, uh, Vettel from broken and followed by the Mercedes. Um, but who is going to be on pole this year? Let's start with you, Tom. I knew you were gonna do this. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm, I'm going for
0: it. I'm saying, oh, go for it, Bottas. I'm doing oh, it. Oh, he's sticking with it. Doing it. He's sticking with it. Oh, I don't <laughs> think he's. I don't. Oh, mate, you no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it gonna be then, Stu? Uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go. Hamilton He's just he's is he's, he's the best qualifier on the grid. It's gotta be Hamilton, and he's in the best car. Mm, so
2: it is true. Um. Yeah, I think we've got Hamilton again as well. Definitely for qualifying is Hamilton. Yeah. So this is so this is
1: confirmation that it will be a Ferrari pole, everybody, because we've got confirmation for It was. really
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who is going to win, Stew? Uh, last year it was Vettel um, from Bottas, followed by Hamilton. Actually,
0: he was yes. at the podium last year. Um, and Hamilton was quite far back. That's at six and a half seconds behind as well mm. by the end of the race. Uh, um. I'm going to say Bottas. I think Ooh. he's going to carry the form through to uh, to the actual race proper. Oh, I hope you're right. That'd be exciting. Um,
2: I'm I'm going to go Vettel. I think Ferrari are going to find their pace. Not in qualifying, like you can never discount Hamilton in qualifying, but I think for the race distance, Ferrari yeah. are going to have it.
0: Yeah, if they can get to the bottom of their tire issues. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just go for the double and say bot
2: so much Bottas love this week
0: simple, all the Bottas love the the man's a machine
2: Uh, Uh, next, first DNF and it's me to go first uh, who was it last year? Last year it was... Daniel, Daniel Ricciardo. Ricciardo. Right, of course it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to say that a lot. This year. Based
2: on last year, we're going to say Ricardo first retirement quite a lot. Yeah, I think so. Um, oh yeah, that was when we lost the two Red Bulls in the first three laps, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Transmission was Verstappen. Who was first out last race? Uh, it was Ricciardo, Ricciardo, wasn't it? It was Ricciardo, <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it to him. No. Um, wouldn't be right. Let's go for. I'm going to go for a caveat. Ooh. Ooh. That's an
1: interesting choice. Do you want to know why?
2: Why it's an interesting choice, or are you asking me?
1: uh Why I think it's an interesting choice. Go yes. on. Because I was planning on going with his teammate. Ah, interesting. Mr. Alexander ah. Albon. Oh,
2: you're really written down now, but are you going for Albon? Yeah.
0: Cool. <laughs> Let's do <laughs> He was going to, and he still is. Um, I'm gonna, oh guys, so this is really difficult. This one this week. Um, I am going to say Lance Stroll in the in the the placing point because he's going to be right in the middle of the the pack and the gaggle into turn one. So I think he's got a risky, risky situation to manage. I like it. Yeah. Uh, number of finishers. Last year out,
2: it was 17 finished. Um, the classic 17. Yeah. Hmm. What's it going to be this year, Tom?
1: I think I'm going to stick
0: with the classic. It's a 17 <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's, you? it's like having your lottery numbers, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, <once, laughs> I'm going to go 16. <laughs> it's, just my, it's my basic... Although in Australia, we, a, we had loads of retirements in Australia. so
2: We did, but you often do in Australia. Mm, it's a tricky one. I think I was torn between 16 and 17, and that's the two you've gone for. I'm going to go for good old 17, I think. Yeah. Classic. Absolutely classic. And there we need a random driver. And Ooh. this week, that driver is... It's Lance Stroll.
0: Oh, well. Which <laughs> puts you in a tricky spot, Stu. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Random driver. Yeah. Um and it's you to go first as well. I can go for, I mean I've got to go all in, haven't I? If you're going to do if that happens, then you have mm-hmm. to take the risk, so I'm going to say he will finish. If he's going to be first DNF, then he finished 20th, right? Yeah. Like You've so you either got to hedge
1: your bets and change it, or just go with twentieth. <laughs> yeah, twentieth. So, he's, he's going, going for, he's it. for it. I like going it.
0: for it. Solid five there. From I've, I've never done that. I've never. That's the first time I've ever predicted anyone to come last. That is. Yeah, I've never is. done that. I don't like to do that. But do you know um, what?
1: That looking back at that, Stu I'm I'm gonna throw a compliment your way, and I like the look of your five there. Thank you. That's thank you a very strong much, five. <laughs> I
0: appreciate. I appreciate the compliment. It's <laughs> <Is> all <that> right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Where did he finish last... Or did he finish last race?
0: Stroll. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he finished ninth. I, yeah. yeah. Got he a did couple of okay. points. Yeah, all right. Got a couple of points in.
2: I'm going to go for 10th this time. I'm back in for some per point. And Tom? I'm going to go with 11th. So not too dissimilar. Yeah. So no points.
1: <laughs> yeah, no points, but right on the cusp of it.
2: Uh, and that is it. That is us. Um. And we will tell you at the end of the show how you get involved, which I'm sure you know by now, but we'll tell you anyway.
0: Yes. Um and uh, yeah um sorry i was distracted for a second <laughs> so we're going to do some inbox shall we do some inbox inbox box, box, okay so um uh, we'll go through we'll do one each um and we'll just go in sequence I'll start um mark says do you think if bottas continues outperforming hamilton that ocon might replace hamilton instead (laughs) hopefully (laughs) no no i don't i don't think that's i don't think that's going to happen in a million years mark but thanks for the thanks for your uh
2: (laughs) yeah sure of hamilton refusing to drive the car i don't think he's going to get replaced anytime (laughs) soon um Although I also think if Bottas keeps driving this way, he's not going to get replaced either. Yeah, exactly.
1: That. It'd take one of them walking away, I think, at the minute. if it, Well, if it carries on the way it is, anyway. Yeah. Do you want to do, yeah. do, want to do Ashes or should I?
2: Sure, yeah. I will. Uh, Ash Foster uh, says, currently binge-watching Drive to Survive which I will be doing fairly soon as well. Uh, In episode eight, Leclerc calls Gasly the only person he considers a good friend in racing, which is mad when you consider how their lives revolve around the sport from a young age. Are driver friendships always that rare? And who are your favorite ever F1 besties? Ooh, that's a good question. That ending. It is. Mm. I mean, Uh, mean, because there was always the story that like Hamilton and Rosberg were always like friends growing up and it was kind of, meant to be that they ended up in a team together and then the second they were actually racing each other that all fell to pieces mm. um i don't think you can properly be friends and rivals at the same time can you
0: no i think that's a very it's, it's a very different difficult relationship to oh, maintain for sure. isn't it like it, you could be best mates in the world like but i don't think they'd ever be like your. just because they're another race driver doesn't make them your friend like that's they they are your rivals and you you it, in these sort of circumstances they are very bitter bitter rivalries yeah all for the sure time. so we, but having said that there are sort of you know there are good friends in racing like um uh Senna and Gerard Berger were famous for pranking each other in quite yep. horrific ways sometimes I know Gerard <laughs> Berger set off a, a basically exploded a fire extinguisher in oh, yeah. um, in. <laughs> Senna's room and Senna like (laughs) went flying out of the window onto the balcony of the room. (laughs) Oh, those are the days. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there was another occasion where Senna had um, Gerard Berger got out a contract to show Hamilton, to show um, Senna while they were in a helicopter. And Senna took it off of him and just threw it right out the window. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah.
2: Favorite ever F1 besties? I did like Jensen and Rubens as teammates at Braun. Uh they they seemed to, that was like a, a nice fun set yeah. of teammates. Again, mm. I think it kind of fell apart a little bit once they realized they were both going
1: to be in the championship hunt but. yeah. It's interesting cuz JB's one of mine. I was going to say JB and Coulthard used to seem to get on quite well. Yeah. Maybe just being like the two Brits like traveling around together maybe or something but they both seemed to get on quite well and sort of Not to the extent of the pranks we've just been talking about, but they they seem to always have a laugh around each other and stuff and still do, like, outside of racing now. So, yeah, probably those two for me. Um, Yeah, I've given you mine. Yeah, so (laughs) I'll I'll move us on then. (laughs) Um, Dan said it's back with one for the inbox saying, "Um, I'm not a big Bottas the Badass fan, but I hope (laughs) he wins again. And hopefully Dan finishes the race this time. That is just a comment, but thanks, Dan.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. Thanks for the input. Oh, the... The the Jean Dennis Delatraz posting experience, um, wow, this is a big one. Um, okay, so <laughs> isn't it always? Says, <laughs> yeah, um, do, do, I quite like this though. Yeah, yeah, me too. Do you think? Well, I can't speak. Do you think nationalism is a prevalent underlying issue in F one and by extension in motorsports? It got me wondering about places like the Italian GP where when racially charged insults were thrown at Lewis Hamilton during and after the race by the crowd or how Haas um, retained a mediocre youth driver Santino Ferrucci after, one, ramming into his teammate on a cool down lap, two, using a cell phone while driving to the grid, three, trying to run a make America great against Logan on the side of his car. Um, The only reason I could see Haas keeping a guy like this around is because he's an American in a traditionally European sport and, as an American team, wanting that representation at the highest time echelons of the sport. But wouldn't the sport be better off if they stopped fretting over where a driver is born and put more thought into his or her skill level? P.S. I live... Less than an hour away from the United States GP, and the weather is currently beautiful. F1 could absolutely thrive with being the first track. This is referring to last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, could thrive to thrive it being the first track, but it might make NASCAR more upset because let's be honest, NASCAR has never and never will be as relevant as <laughs> F1. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah so I think that is a like,
2: the consideration they take is to not try not to clash with things like NASCAR, which are yeah. obviously popular in that part of America.
0: It would be nice if they could change it from what it is currently set up but like we said last week it's very difficult to yeah um to adjust to make those kinds of adjustments Mm -hmm. because it's it takes such planning and there's so much logistical effort into and process into setting these things up that you know it's not it's not by accident that you've got a bunch of races in that part of the world all together at once at the start and then yeah you know yeah um well there's so much in this letter to let's yeah break it down so the the nationalism thing we need to talk about really it's
2: an interesting point because it, it is i guess never really thought about it but motorsport is unlike a lot of other sports like it's it's kind of all done around nationality like they're constantly next to the flag of the country they come from and the winner gets the national anthem played and stuff which yeah outside of like the olympics you don't really get in many other sports yeah um which is interesting. I mean, obviously, like when that's taken to the next extreme with the examples he gave, that's you know there's absolutely no place for that in sport or life or anything. um I don't know if motorsport being kind of framed around nationalities encourages the sort of darker side of it a bit more. it's uh,
1: I'm not sure I think the the nationalism thing probably just encourages a bias more than anything like yeah you know for example I was sat watching Lewis Hamilton and I immediately supported him during the season because he is a British driver at the top end of the grid had I been German born I would probably do the same with Vettel and if I was Finnish I would do the same with Kimi or Bottas or someone you know like I have my favorites and I pick and choose them but a huge proportion of the reason that i choose to support Lewis a little more is because he's British and were there a different British driver at the front of the grid I'd possibly support them over him I used to support Jensen yeah. over Lewis when Jensen was up there especially when they were teammates Jensen was my guy at McLaren and so I, it creates a little bit of a bias and maybe a a, a fan that you wouldn't necessarily normally have just because it's I'll support them because they're from where I'm from. Yeah,
2: and, and it's maybe not even, like, that much of a conscious thing. It's just kind of you are naturally drawn yeah. more towards them because I guess you more, like, when I was, I chatted to a couple of people about F1 while I was away in Colombia and Juan Pablo Montoya was, like, their absolute hero in and they've kind of, since you left F1, they'd been to see him in, like, NASCAR and IndyCar and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you'd get the same thing anywhere in the world, I suppose.
0: mm. Yeah, I guess like yeah, you're gonna see if you're a big motorsport fan and someone like say Jensen Button comes through and you've been following his career or like we've been following um, George Russell's career really from and Lando Norris's probably from Formula Three, yeah onwards. Um, I I don't I don't really mind it. Like, I quite like that you know having our boys kind of thing like and it and adds and another not, dimension to it. Yeah, and it's not like every you know it's not like any individual country is unique in having our boys like everyone wants their their guy to win because they're from the same place and it's it's i think it's quite natural um the thing i will say is that the thing that differentiates it from the olympics in terms of sort of individuals representing nations is that obviously in the olympics you have one person from each nation whereas in formula one or in any motorsport you could have multiple people from the same country at the top of the sport like you could have we've yeah. got a few brits in formula one for example at the moment um and the way they get there isn't necessarily funded by the country it's funded by how good they are at getting noticed and um you know getting sponsored really yeah, yeah it's like
2: it's an element but it's not defined by it
0: and yeah and how, how much i think it's just a little extra like i don't think it's sorry i, th- I think it's yeah. just a little bit of an extra thing i don't think it's necessarily defined by it, like you say i think it's just like a little, yeah. little cheeky bonus <laughs> how how much do you think it differs
1: in the mindset of the two so we're talking about like athletes going and actually they sort of represent the country at uh, the olympics Whereas these drivers, they're not actually out to represent the country. They're out to represent no. themselves. It's just yeah. that that podium ceremony is a, a similar you know, finale to the event. So how much mm. different do you think that is from the mindset of a Formula 1 driver to another athlete? Because the driver is not really thinking, I'm representing representing my country until probably until they come home and it's still about them like this is my home race and i want to win at home it's still about yeah, them yeah. isn't it rather than but i, I, the bigger I think thing. i
0: think any i think any sportsman that they just want to be the best yeah. they want to be the quickest they want to be the strongest they want to be the most skilled at a particular thing and i don't i don't believe for one minute that any sportsman thinks I want to be in the be- the best in my country. They think I want to be elite sportsman. They think I want to be the best in the world. It doesn't matter where I'm from. Yeah, I just my name wants to be the best. Yeah, name. For sure.
2: And let's face it,
0: other than other than Charlotte most of them don't live
2: in the country they come from anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. That's also true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think with. Have we covered that one? I think so. Yeah, that's 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 a really good question. That. I like that. Yeah, I like that one as well. Uh,
2: Philip Mays. Uh, part of me would love to see Ferrari continue to struggle and drop back into the midfield battle. I'd love to see a Bottas-Verstappen <laughs> battle for the championship, maybe Leclerc as well, but I'm not interested in Hamilton Vettel at all.
0: Hmm. Um, thank, thanks. <laughs>
2: yeah. Thanks, Philip. i definitely like to see those other names as part of the championship battle, but yeah, I want to see Hamilton Vettel in there as well. Yeah, you as I think you seat. guys said last week, we want like a five or six driver yeah. fight.
1: I, exactly.
0: Ideally, one. Exact
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the only the only comment that I'll pass on that is that Hamilton did two, then Rosberg eclipsed him. Hamilton's done two, could Bottas eclipse him? Just saying. Yeah, maybe maybe three <laughs> in a row is too then much for Bottas Because I've done it, I'm, I'm out, <laughs> just like Rosberg, <laughs> just and I gets get the seat. Drop. Yeah, Problem solved, everyone. wins two, then on <laughs> wins one. <laughs> yeah. Strang- stranger things have happened.
0: Stranger yeah. things have happened. <laughs> Just putting that out um, there. Um,
1: Brooke Archer has said, uh, so there's the news about Mick Schumacher testing for Ferrari. Of course, he has massive amounts of potential and he's already proven himself as a skilled driver. There's no doubt. But do you think Ferrari have given him the opportunity based purely on his driving ability or are they trying to capitalise on bringing the Schumacher name
0: back to Ferrari? <sighs> Ooh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. A little from column A and a little from column B. Can uh, I go? You took the words out of my mouth (laughs) there. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: this word taking from (laughs) mouths. Ooh. Stop talking about mouths.
2: Yeah, as I said earlier, he definitely has the goods, but there's, I mean, I think from, from the moment he started racing, Ferrari have sort of said they'll. Be- because of who he is and where he's from, there will always be a home for him at Ferrari. So yeah. he definitely played a
0: part. Yeah, there's prestige to that name, isn't there? That's yeah, the of name, course. But, yeah, you know. But um, it doesn't take any of the excitement away from him coming to do the test. For Ferrari. I'm really. Ex- I'm actually. I'm almost more excited to see yeah. his testing times than I am to see the results <laughs> of the Bahrain Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I
2: think I'm right in saying that. Um, is it Nicholas Todd? on Todd's uh, son is managing his career now, I think. Um, I think so. Which, you know, they're obviously going to be training him to be that perfect Ferrari person and I guess teaching him to deal with the pressure that his name kind of
0: oh, yeah, puts yeah. on
2: his shoulders as well, he, which so far he seems to be dealing with well. Like, yeah. every time yeah. you see it mentioned to him, he just sort of says, you know, he expects it and it, you know, understands it and uses it to you're kind gonna, of push him forward i guess
0: with a name like that, you're gonna need a lot of sports psychologists yes yeah, like, you to, really uh, are to keep to manage your head yeah yeah um any, anything else on that from anyone or? i think you guys covered anything i'd say on that one yeah 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 cool so um final one um david swanny 1882 on twitter says do you think if Kubica is consistently a lot slower than George Russell every race we could see Ocon in that seat before the season is over as for the race I think Mercedes and Red Bull will both be stronger than Ferrari Lewis come back to win Um, absolutely I think if Kubica doesn't have the goods and he's really slow then he could be replaced by Ocon Yeah, but I I don't think Williams are that that kind of team really are they?
1: Not necessarily and I think that Obviously, there's a factor in this of, I think, people are looking into the fact that Russell lapped him. But the thing to definitely bear in mind is the the bad start that caused Robert to have to pit for the front wing change and stuff like yeah. that. Like There were circumstances that led to it. It wasn't just that he was ridiculously slow compared to George or anything like that. So I don't think he'll be consistently that far behind him. Um, but... Only the time will tell, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: He had a damaged car. Like the yeah. whole race, he had a really badly damaged car. Like, really, that wasn't a true reflection of his performance. He can definitely go much quicker than that. Um, he had very little preparation for the race mm-hmm. as well, in testing. He, did, he said he felt 20% prepared. Yeah. So it's not enough. It's not enough. No. It's a long way off enough. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, I mean, if it does, if it was to continue into the, city, if, if, if he, If he's continually putting himself in positions where the car is being damaged and um, that's something that happens over and over again, then they probably would start to think about looking at replacing him. But it's way too early to be thinking about
2: that. Yeah, it's kind of a shame because all the build-up between coming back was like, does he still have the goods? And we kind of still don't know. And I think as long as Williams is where it is, we're still not going to know. We're going to know whether he's faster than George Russell or not, but... Not yeah. anyone else. I wonder how... Yeah, much-
0: neither of them to have any interest in in just racing each other all season. Yeah. They want to no. be in the mix.
1: And I wonder, though, how much of a confidence boost it would be to George if he is finishing ahead of Robert consistently yeah. for the first half of the season. Because, um, in fairness to them, at the minute, they've not really got anyone to race except each other. So his, mm. George's battles at the minute are to consistently prove that he can finish above his teammate because he's he's gonna struggle to race anyone else, at least at the moment. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting to see how that plays
0: for him. Yeah. Well they've got them they've they have got the uh the best engine on the grid and probably the most reliable engine on the grid. Yeah. So yeah. they've got that going for them. And if they can get to the bottom of these issues that they've got and get some new bits designed, you never know. They might be right in the mix because that midfield pack is very tight. Yeah. And it only takes one one big update that adds a you know about half a second and you're suddenly right in the mix so let's see yeah is that everyone for that one uh yeah, yeah i think so Anymore? cool so i think that's it for this week um you can like share and subscribe to the podcast um or, or please could you like share and subscribe? <laughs> Buzz. um you can find us on twitter at back of the grid f1 on facebook by searching back of the grid and on instagram at back of the grid um have the website where you can submit your predictions um at backofthegrid.com and we've had loads and loads and loads of predictions in this season already um it'd be it'd be great for everyone to keep submitting theirs and there is a prize for the for anyone who gets all five right and for the champion at the end of the season so it's never too late to join in. It's very difficult to score points, and it's that that order can change very very quickly. So yeah, um, submit your predictions, and then with that, I think I'll say goodbye. So join us next week for the review of the Bahrain Grand Prix. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. I forgot to press the music button. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs>
1: boom that's an old throwback
2: it is yeah i've not a boom for a while this podcast is part of brit Pod scene an independent network of uniquely british podcasts that's always growing check out
0: britpod or BritPodScene scene on twitter to find out more